2: to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave A.C. and the Sixth Doctor. Host, you're expecting, maybe this is Dave AC in the chair today. And you may find those people in the room with me who I will introduce, they might find that um, although it says recording, uh, the call is being recorded, it may not be showing the elapsed time because David made a little bit of a boo boo at the start. Yes, Ian will be absolutely pleased uh, because he won't be able to hear a couple of the things I said, but hopefully, and I'm just going to check. Thank you. In the text chat, I'm hearing from Mike Randall Thor that I am here. So actually, before I do that absolutely brilliant uh, never to be heard again intro, um, let me just welcome those people that are in the room. Hi, Mike.
3: Call me off guard there. Where's the uh, mute switch when I need, need
2: it? Hello, Dave. Uh, you see, we get two professionals in the room with us and we are showing them how it's done. And old Dave AC makes a bit of a mess, but we may have recovered. And that little snigger you heard is none other than Kyle, uh, one of the co-hosts of uh, Discussing Who. Hi, Kyle. Oh, oh
0: no! look, I learned from from the best. I learned from you and I learned from uh, Lewis. So, uh, you know, one little bit of having yourself on mute or whatever that was, you know, we'll, we'll look past that.
2: Well, I'll tell you what it did. What I really, really did is that I have to have two mute switches because I call here on soft phone called X-Lite, but I also use uh, V-Emotion to play in little clips like the one that I did the intro. And I'd unmuted myself on X-Lite, but I hadn't unmuted myself on uh, the V-Emotion. And um, although that allowed the music to come through, it blocked my voice from V-Emotion. But we've got someone else to uh mention here first of all and that is another of the three co-hosts of discussing who and that's clarence brown hi clarence
1: hey Dave. how's it going man
2: (laughs) (laughs) abysmally at the moment but (laughs) we're saved we're saved we've got experts as i said uh but he's lost to the ether uh (laughs) we
0: have to remember that the that Dave is like six or seven hours ahead of us, so having yeah. said that, you know it, it's it's already wine time for him.
2: Oh, but I, you're right. It is wine time, but I'm drinking water. Yes, um, <laughs> uh, and of course, I'm doing double duties today. I'm in the chair and hopefully leading the discussion. Uh, Ian uh, is uh, celebrating his younger son's Callum's birthday today, who's seven, and he's whisked him off to Legoland, probably with his wife and ah. uh, his older brother, uh, Liam. So they're having um, a day off today, and of course he's not worried, he's not fretting, he knows that I'll make a mess of it anyway, so is he, <laughs> no point in worrying. But uh, as I say, two of the co-hosts of uh, Discussing Who in the room with us, and Mike, Mike of course is our third wheel on uh, our commentaries that we do, yes um, these guys here in the room with us, and I'm very grateful that they're here with us, uh, have ploughed on and, I was going to say churned out, but that doesn't sound as though they might be any good. They, <laughs> they've they crafted masterpieces, 73 masterpieces in what seems to me only about six weeks. But I think they've been going a little bit longer than that. I think you've been going about six months now, uh, Kyle, with uh, Discussing Who's. that about right? No,
0: actually, actually, a uh, little bit longer than that. We actually started in March of last year. Ah, so it's actually been a little bit, bit, bit longer. But in the last uh, six months, especially because of Doctor Who going week, you know, doing weekly during those uh, uh, episodes, we went from about forty episodes in the first year till you know within say March from ne- now. You know, till March, we've at, probably done about thirty, wouldn't you say, Clarence?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely ramped up after the uh, the proper season started. So yes, it's been a lot of fun, and, and we're just chugging along.
2: Well, thank you, you, because you've saved a little bit of uh, of my face there, because I can now nicely say, well, actually, you see. Because stock Who's not on. The Cultum Collective are only doing these monthly, so it's 30 days. And in my life, 30 days, half my brain cells can die in 30 days. So um, that was the little snafu, the little uh, keep everybody on their toes intro that I did. Exactly. And um, before we go any further, I mustn't forget that we have people under the cone. Certainly one so Let's hear the cone
3: control new agent training program section 3.5 the cone of silence to activate simply lower the cone and speak clearly what do not overuse the cone of silence what do not shout in the cone of silence what in fact don't even use the cone of silence what it's never worked right i don't know why we bought it in the first place the portable cone of silence
2: what and under the cone, we have um, Dragon Time Lord Lee. Uh, thank you uh, for joining along with us and listening in. And um, actually, uh, Clarence is also actually in the chat client uh, under a certain name. So, uh, but he's joined in on audio with Kyle. So, um, sin- since since um, we obviously have masters of the craft in the room, uh, let's let's uh, let them get their um, promotions out of the way, shall we say, because. There may be some people saying, "Well, this is a rubbish show." I wonder if I can find any decent podcasts out there. So let's start with your your main your your uh, your mothership uh, of a podcast, which I assume would be discussing who. Uh, Kyle, do you want to give us a little bit of a lowdown on that? Where people can find it and um, a little bit of the uh, the brains behind it, but don't be too morbid about it.
0: Uh, very. Oh, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, so Clarence and I, along with uh, Lee Shackelford, who is also with uh, Dave, Ian, and myself on Doctor Who Podshot, uh, we started, like we were saying earlier last year, uh, discussing Who. And uh, what we are doing with discussing Who is, of course, obviously Doctor Who. So we've got some Doctor Who content, but because we're all comic book fans, we cover comic books as well as sci-fi. So we we have a little bit of everything uh, that we talk about, and uh, we try to brand each episode based on, you know, whatever that content is a little bit differently. So, you you know, check us out. And how can you check us out? You can do that at discussingwho.com. And since I pickled Lee's brain or put him in a jar for the brain of Marbius and he's not here, I will give a shout-out for his other show that he does, which is the Relativity Podcast. It is not a podcast like this or Podshock or uh, Discussing Who. It is actually a serial. It's a story that he's written and he's produced along with a co-star, Elena Jordan, that can be found at um, relativitypodcast.com. And Clarence, you also uh, do another podcast that I'm involved with you in and also another one, so I'll let you jump in and – um talk about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, long-time friends uh, kind of gather together to talk a lot of Star Trek cuz we, you know, love the property. We don't pretend to be ex- experts by any mean, but we do love it and we talk about it and we're ramping up for the upcoming, actually today, um, Star Trek Discovery and we're really excited about that and we'll be dis- discussing all those episodes and everything Star Trek really and you can find that at stdpodcast.com. Yeah, that's STD. Um, <laughs> don't blame me. Blame Paramount.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll keep my distance after Surely, that. Surely,
3: someone on the production staff saw that and thought, is that a good idea? Let's just go with it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh,
0: Going uh, where no podcast has gone before.
2: Now, I haven't, I haven't got the actual um, link for that one. I, I, I put a link into uh, Tech edition is it is that another one that that you the the geeks one is that these guys put themselves about a bit and that's of course why they have suffered from that illness
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: very that, that was
1: actually very good let so, the pines roll yeah so boys and girls what's the other one that boys you did, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, Dave just said it, that's um, edition and the link is in the chat as well. Ah, yes, 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 sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, boys and girls, keep that microphone, keep it clean. There you go. <laughs> right, I think we ought to let Mike, this is becoming into a, uh, actually, a rather funny episode. But, Mike, um, do you want to tell us if you've got anything still going on at the moment, or have you uh, stepped aside from your uh, audio landscapes at the moment?
3: I have not. Of course, my main podcast that's still going. I posted a new episode of it this past week, Radio Free Camlin used to be the home of Friday Night Trivia, where Dave and Ian and Darth and a bunch of others from Colton would gather on Friday evenings to ask trivia questions, and a lot of people would drink wine, and shenanigans would be had, and all sorts of crazy stuff happened. That used to happen on Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. I've thought about restarting it, but... Just uh trying to figure out figure out a format, Of course, a lot of people just want the trivia back, so who knows i I've done a few I've tried to do a few Friday night shows. It's just i've it's been a while since I've hosted a show on Talk to, you, so I'm still trying to figure remember how my audio setup works because it's a completely different system that I had have now. I think last time I did trivia, that was back when I was using Linux exclusively. Now I've switched I've since switched switched over to Windows ten.
2: Ooh, so completely yep. different. You kept that quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: so there's that. Uh, it's like, uh, sound, try to get a sound mixer to work with Windows 10 and apparently V-Motion doesn't work as well as it used to. Maybe, But then Dave's using it, so maybe it does. I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It kept crashing or whatever. But keep keep tuned to talk show, talk show ID 72402 There might be something happening really soon. Um, but besides that, the uh, audio soundscape thing that Dave was mentioning. It's a series that I do called Super Awesome Fun Time with Rand. It's a, the only other radio show I know like it is a radio show called Ken's Last Ever Radio Extravaganza, where it's, it's, it's a sound collage, where it's, it's things that I set up, make an Adobe Audition, where I layer music loops and, and sound bites and sound clips from all sorts of different uh, sources. I sometimes even talk over it. posted the 58th episode which that number is a lie because there's a lot that I make and never post anywhere so it's closer to episode 70 like the, the 70th sound collage that that I that I made and posted this one has references to to uh, not only Cultum Collective but also Dr. U Podshock there are some references that I that I make and some some audio sources some audio stuff that I source from old episodes of Podshock so give that a listen it's it, it, that each sound collage I make is about an hour long, and it's just a whole collection of stuff that's layered, and it's, hard, it's tough to describe without having without listening to it. But uh, that – and check out the inspiration of it, Ken's Last Ever Radio Extravaganza. It's a radio show, lastever.org. Uh, you can find info about my podcast at therightproject.wordpress.com, um, and that's what I'm doing with podcasts besides using Radio Free Camelline to post discussion podcasts on whatever comes up. Like Doctor I've been doing a lot of Doctor Who discussion. Uh, there was a, an episode I posted recently after having discovered two Doctor Who books from years ago. One was a book called The Doctor Who Error Finder by – who wrote that? R.H. Uh, Langley. It's a book that I discovered back in college and just recently got a copy of my own. It's sort of like an, a nitpicker's guide for for, doc, for classic Doctor Who picking out, like, uh, oh, you can see the, uh, the boom mic in this shot, or you can see a, a stagehand behind the background in this, in this shot here. So it's, it's a neat little book. also started reading uh, The Running Through Corridors, a two-volume set by Robert Shearman and Toby Hed- Hedoke, in which they, which, which they were discussing, giving their thoughts on the classic series from An Unearthly Child on, on through. Two interesting books there. So, yeah, Radio Free Camelon. All sorts of stuff that I post there. And I'll post links in chat here momentarily to stuff I mentioned. So, yeah, podcasts.
2: Brilliant. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, um, if you look out for Voice Meter Banana, I can't find the link at the moment. I think they may have moved site. And something called Play it Cartwell. Those will work with uh, Windows 10. Um, I've got the link for Play it Cartwell, but that works with Voice Meter Banana. And you have to get the Banana one because that allows you to uh, it, it works like an audio um a virtual audio cable uh, thing yeah um, a, lot of,
3: a lot of tech issues there are better better discussed off the show
2: yeah yeah uh, well we like to like to be informative um and um, yeah the reason why you can't use the V is you can't get it accredited because they they've gone out of business you can use the the demo but um that that doesn't work well Not um, so. okay well um well, we are off topic, are we? This is lovely. i I feel as though we're in, we're in uh, we new ground here. You see, these guys have taken us to a place we've never been before. Uh, we're giving information out. Let's get see if we can be entertaining. So, I am going to play the monkey because <laughs> the monkey likes to be played. Uh, because, um, basically, most of our news, uh, most of our show is news. Here we go. Yes, you see, this is this is how it's done claras none of this really organized people with spreadsheets and what's the next thing coming up oh we'd just like to throw it out there you know uh, we've honed our skills from seven years and uh, it's so sharp you could uh no i couldn't you couldn't punch your holes or anything it's not that sharp at all but never mind you see ian ian the real brains behind he you knows i'm Oh, yeah, he'll be seething when he hears this. The brains, he's not here, you see. So, that, 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 that you know, uh, that's what we said. So, we'll play one more little clip because um, if you want to join this show and see the Calamity is uh, a live show of the Cullum Collective, here's Andy to tell you how. If you enjoy listening, why not join the Collective? If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a SIP client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192 or you can connect in directly via the Shoe Phone client if you have Talk TalkShoe Live installed. We're looking forward to hearing you. Yeah, we've we had a little false start in there just to, uh, to impress our listeners, but let's impress them with... Th- These will be people that Clarence will know. Because Clarence, you know, he's learning all about Classic Who as well as Do You Who. Let's see. Um. Oh, the person names themselves. I'm going to ask him, which classic actor is this? But of course they name themselves. Let's give uh, Clarence a little bit of a a nice surprise. Fraser Hines, and you're listening to the Down Collective Podcast. Hello,
1: this is uh, Winston Churchill here, or otherwise Ian McNeese,
2: saying listen to the Cultdown Collective Podcast. KBO, keep buggering on. Thank you. Uh, We're doing a lot of that tonight, Ian. Here we go. This is Daphne Ashbrook, and you are listening to Cultum Collective Podcast. And Daphne Ashbrook, by the way, has just brought out her autobiography. It's just uh, come out in book form, and she's been promoting that recently. And we'll have one more. Ah, good friend Colin Small. This is Colin Small, and you're listening to the Cultum Podcast. Now, there you are. That's where we're at. Have you got any of those yet, Kyle or Clarence?
0: That was actually pretty cool. I'd forgotten some of those.
2: I... I'd heard the, the,
0: the Daphne Ash book before.
2: Right. And because I, I, uh, you've been going to a few conventions, haven't you, recently, um, have you been able to get any uh, recorded uh, voice uh, bumpers? The, the technical name, Clarence, <laughs> the technical name, Clarence, is bumpers. No,
0: Clarence, should, <laughs> should, should, should I tell them about our uh, – Our really quick, should I tell them about our press uh, jacket that we had in – uh, Atlanta oh, this year.
1: Oh yeah. Sure. Sure. Go ahead.
0: Uh, okay. So, um, we're obviously central time, of course, and, uh, Atlanta, uh, um, is Eastern time. So I'll preface by saying that. And so we, you know, so we get up early on that Friday morning, we had to be there at 4 PM. Uh, we would had, uh, you know, a press, um, I think it was 45 minutes an hour, and each person or group that was admitted as press would have, say, 10, 15 minutes with each of the guests, one of which was Nicola Bryant, one of which was uh, Camille Kaduri, uh Jamie Matheson, and uh, Colin Baker. So we were really excited about that. So we get up. We get up early. We leave out, and one of us has an Android. One of us has an iPhone. One of us was uh, using uh, Google, one of us used, was using Siri. So uh, we wind up getting into traffic and all that good stuff. We go um, one way and we should have gone the other way. And we also <laughs> forgot about the time change between Eastern and Central. So long story short, when we go back to Hulanta next year, we will be going a day ahead, not not, uh, parlaying against uh, time zone changes and traffic and all that. So needless to say, we uh, missed the uh, press jacket because of, you know, all those things I just mentioned. But it was a funny story that we can tell now.
1: Uh, I see. You know, I like I, I, I like to blame your, your Apple device, but hey, you know, we'll
2: we'll, we'll go with what you said.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I could blame the driver, but you know, there we
2: go. You should you should never <laughs> <Not the> driver. <laughs> you, you should never have drunk out. That's of... actually a good one. You should never have drunk out <laughs> of that uh, that chalice that that Sister Khan co- cosplayer gave you. You should never have done that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that deserves well, a it... l- little bit of... <laughs> uh, drum roll for you. Okay, well, uh, let's underscore that a little bit, guys. Um, Mike, um, I, I've got lots to talk about, but I, I'm not too sure uh, how long we'll go. So let's let's start we're going to be covering because we're doing these monthly at the moment uh it, it does sometimes uh, leave us in a little bit of disarray as you may have noticed because um you know it's very difficult to remember what we did last week uh, uh last month we we talked about some of the sci-fi we are talking i zombie orphan black the defenders game of thrones oh we 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 push a lot in there you know uh stranger things and so on uh american gods and the other thing we were talking about then was twin peaks uh, the return of twin peaks that still had a couple of episodes to uh, to finish uh, as our recording of last month. So uh, I asked Mike if he'd like to give us a, a mostly spoiler free um, thoughts on what he made of the return of uh, Strange, uh, not Stranger, uh, of Twin Peaks. So, Mike, do you want to just do that section now? Sure.
3: I'll go ahead and talk about Twin Peaks, the return. First things first with, with Twin Peaks, um, if this, is, this was entirely directed and written by David uh, David Lynch and Mark Frost. The entire thing was directed by David Lynch. So if you haven't, if you aren't familiar with David Lynch's style or aren't really a fan, then of course uh, this wouldn't really appeal. But uh, as a sequel follow-on series from the original Twin Peaks, which aired, what, 89, 90, 27 years ago at this point, 27, 28, it's it was, it was a show that no one expected to, to ever happen. There was that there was that really there was that, that line at the end of the final episode, which an episode that David Lynch returned to direct, one of the reasons that the second season of the original Twin Peaks went so far off, just went so far downhill in quality, I guess you could say, is that both David Lynch and Mark Frost were both, uh, on the, they were both working on their own productions. I think David Lynch was working on Wild, his movie Wild at Heart, and Storyville, I think, is what Mark Frost was working on at that point. Neither of them were involved with Twin Peaks at that time. And so that there were a lot of story elements that were thrown in that were not related to anything David Lynch had planned for this show, like the whole Wyndham Earl story arc, which, was never, has, which is not referenced a single time in in the new Twin Peaks. So if you, if you, I'll bring this to a close by saying, if you wanted to catch up on the original Twin Peaks, you only really have to watch until I think episode nine or 10. It once the Laura Palmer story arc is wrapped up. That's anything past that is not that relevant to the, this return series, just the the last episode of the original Twin Peaks. So the first, like the first nine and skip ahead to the final episode and you're good to go for the, for the new Twin Peaks and this one is it's definitely worth watching through the original Twin Peaks which was great had its great moments but this one is like this one this Twin Peaks the return is it's David Lynch being given full creative control on a premium cable network Showtime he has he had the freedom to do whatever he wanted and this is very much in line with all of David Lynch's creative works up to this point specifically Mulholland Drive. If this this new Twin Peaks really did remind me a lot of Mulholland Drive and I love that movie. It's a great movie. There's just so much complexity to it. There's just so much that's enigmatic about that that even I don't understand completely what happened in that movie, which I guess is kind of the point. So here we are with Twin Peaks which brings back a lot of the a lot of the the, the, the original cast those that survive. Those actors that didn't, like Frank Silva, which is – this is – without giving too much away, it, I love that David Lynch was able to make certain two characters whose actors have passed away, those being Major Garland Briggs, played by Don Davis, and Philip Jeffries, who is briefly in the Fire Walk with me, Movie, played by David Bowie. That both those characters have a huge presence in this movie which is great to see it's a great tribute to to those two, to, to those two actors Don Davis and David Bowie it's great to see how how they how they play out in this and the, there's just like the original twin peaks the return it spans so many different genres so many different styles of storytelling there's there's comedy there's horror there's supernatural there's mystery there's there's Slice of life there's just sort of just like real life stuff that happens and there there's there's murder there's one thing i've noticed with the return is there's at least one character in episode who die, who either dies or is killed that's something you just kind of become used to as the show goes on it kind becomes kind of that thing like oh we're 25 minutes in and oh oh there we go there goes our character for the episode and the cast. There are at least two hundred seventeen actors in this cat the cast for this new season, and it works out. It's it, it's balanced really well between all these different characters, and especially the headlining actor for the entire series, Kyle McLaughlin. He absol- he's absolutely brilliant in this. He plays different versions of his character that he that he's known for, special FBI special special agent Dale Cooper. He plays different versions of that character, and he does it so well. Um, the character that you meet early on, Dougie Jones, is just such a great part, such a great part of the entire series. And I love his, his style of acting with what he had with that character. Of course, there's David Lynch on screen as is reprising his character of uh, of FBI Deputy Director Gordon Cole. Great character, great lines, great moments. And it's just done so well. It's it feels like an extended David Lynch movie, which as a fan of David Lynch, I loved. There were so many great there were so many themes in this that I agreed with, so many great moments in this, and it was just exciting to watch from episode to episode. And to see how it all ended, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, just that it's it's definitely worth getting those to those last two episodes. Especially given all the all the, just all the mystery that's still left. David Lynch is, is a director that's not known for giving answers. He doesn't like resolutions. He doesn't like explaining things. Even outside of the show, he, his, his whole reaction to – like somebody asked, asked David Lynch if, if, if he wants to talk about his, his movies once, once, they, once they finish. And in the interview, David Lynch winces and says, the, the movie, that's the talking. That's the, that's the talking right there. So he, he doesn't like explaining things. But it's so neat how to see how it plays out and just how people are piecing things together and figuring out their own their own their own explanations for what for what happens in those last two episodes. It's definitely worth saying if you get a chance it was it aired on Showtime. it's uh, I don't know if there's going to be a DVD release I haven't seen I think. Actually, I take that back. December 2nd, Blu-ray DVD Blu-ray DVD release of Twin Peaks, The Return. It'll be released on, on that day. Wow. Worth checking out.
2: Well, Love I, I, the show. I've got a question to ask you. I'll have to ask you a question in a minute. And then I'll ask uh, Clarence and Kyle if it's something they've caught themselves. Let, let's just have a few seconds of the theme first. Hmm. I'll stop it there. I know uh, uh, Mike loves that theme. Uh, Mike, something absolutely made my jaw hit the desk uh, at that at one point when you said, and you seem to be admiring, that David Lynch never explains why something happened or what happened. And yet that's something that I know about Stephen Moffat you absolutely object to. So can you square, Stephen can you square the frame? Right, Stephen I Moffat
3: mean, has no writing ability.
2: But uh, I I realise that, but one of your criticisms of Stephen is that he leaves things unexplained and he never comes back to explain them. Uh, But yet...
3: The thing with Lynch, though, the thing with this is that the clues are scattered about. You can piece things together Ah, and
2: figure out what happens. Fair enough. It it just prompted the question. Uh, Kyle, um, is it a a series you've caught or watched and want to comment?
0: Hmm... You know, I, I remember it back from when it was on. You know, the original run. It was not something that. Well, well, frankly, I was still uh, living at home. You know, I was a you know I was a teenager then, and still living at home. And I lived out in the country, and the local ABC affiliate was on the Gulf of Mississippi, and I was you know like a hundred and something miles up, and no matter how great of an antenna you had. My reception for ABC was not very good at the time. So having said all of that, um, I didn't catch it in the original. I know about it. I I don't really know the story. So Mike, I'm glad you didn't go like really into detail with it because if it does, um, you know, if it does come to, um, some type of streaming or whatever, you know, something that I've, kind of thought about picking up because like i said before we started recording i'm looking for something to watch so that that's my take clarence have you have you seen it or
1: uh no i have not but honestly i hear nothing but great things about it see that's me here Uh, too yeah and it's been one of those shows where you know i want to kind of dip into it but You know, of course, I can't just start watching with the new series. At least that's my assumption. Mm. So you have this problem of where do I start? Do I go and try to catch up or can I just start the new things? And it's kind of a problem we have now with everything being in, in digital and the full seasons are available. And it's I mean, you talk about having to find something to watch, but there's such a wealth of things out there that you can go and consume these days. You know, it's like, do I really want to take the plunge? And, and, you know, I've heard nothing but good things, and I'm kind of thinking about dipping into this one as well, uh, along with Babylon 5, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah,
3: with, uh, twin, with the original Twin Peaks, if you go from the first episode through to, I think, the third or fourth episode of Season 2, once the Laura Palmer arc is resolved, once the Wyndham Earl character in- enters into the, se- the second season, just skip ahead to the final episode, and you're good to go. You're ready for Twin Peaks The return.
2: <laughs> uh Excellent. And, and cool. Kyle, you're such a professional, you know, such a professional. I mean, when you were describing the fact that you didn't watch something because uh, your connection was poor, your connection went poor at that very word. It was almost outstandingly brilliant how you did that. <laughs> 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 I don't know if anybody else hey, caught hey, <clears> that What can you say? Yeah, it just, comes, it just comes naturally. You know, you either got it or you haven't um okay well uh, we've got an awful lot to cover i don't know how long you guys could stay with us at least give me some idea if if time pressure does uh, impinge on you a little bit um again i i suppose actually i should have put this link in uh, first before i put the uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the um, the 69 Emmys that have just happened a, a week or so ago and, and just uh, some of the winners and that. But very quickly, let's just have a quick scan through uh, DoctorWhoNews.net. We don't want to steal their content, we want to direct you to their site. So it's Dr. Who News, that's all one word, Dot .net. Um, there's quite a little information there and I'm going to scroll down to it. Uh, a couple of the ones that I picked out. Uh, first of all, those are fans of Bessie. Uh, who won the Who, uh, not the Who, the flying Who mobile, but the the yellow uh, Rolls Royce type vintage car that um, the third doctor commandeered? Um, uh, is uh, going to Bulio Castle, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, where they have a, a lovely car expedi- uh, exhibition there. It's going to be alongside uh, Mr. Bean's Mini, Dell Boys, Reliant Robin, James Bond, Jaguar, Harry Potter's Ford Anglia and uh, Elvis Presley's Cadillac. So uh, that is going to uh, the National Motor Museum uh, so people can uh, uh, view that. And with all that's happening with the Doctor Who experience at the moment, it's great that things like that you can see. Um, if you want to know, but uh, I'll just put the link in the room, uh, the Christmas special that will be coming uh, ever so soon, really. Uh, obviously, at Christmas, uh, if you want to learn a little bit about it, there's twice upon a time a synopsis there that was posted on Saturday, the uh, 16th of September, on Doctor Who News.net, and you'll see a mustachioed uh, person that. Uh, I think, uh, if I remember rightly, Kyle has uh, speculated on, about, on discussing who, as to which character he's saying. I'm not going to say anything more about that. Um, we've also got um, Pearl Mackey. back on the London stage in a play called The Birthday Party, uh, Harold Pinter play, uh, with Stephen Mangan. Stephen Mangan, who um, uh, is... Um, Played uh, Dirt Gently and Dirt Gently in the Holistic uh, Detective Agency. That was the UK version. Apparently there's now uh, an American version on. It's also She's also on stage with Toby Jones. Toby Jones, of course, played in Amy's Choice. He played the um, the alter ego, if you might think. Uh, the mini-me of the Doctor. And uh, Zoe Wanamaker is in that. So that looks an absolutely classy production there. David Bradley. The person who stepped into the shoes of the first Doctor uh, and who, uh, at the very end of the last Doctor Who episode that we saw, uh, appears to be making a already uh, released information uh, in the Christmas special. He's coming to the Big Finish Audios, the first Doctor adventures. So, um, uh, search down through the... Uh, and I'm paraphrasing all of this because we've already been going for some time already. The Seventh Doctor's Hat is to be auctioned. I know Jeff, uh, one of our uh, members who obviously is, well, not with us today, but uh, usually joins us. Um, he's known as the Seventh Doctor on Twitter. Uh, Jeff, I'm sure he would love to be able to bid for that. Christopher Eccleston is to play Macbeth. The Ninth Doctor plays Macbeth in the 2018 summer season at the Royal Shakespeare Company. Just shows you the standard and quality of styles. And I'm just going to do one more, uh, because we've already mentioned um, and had her speaking on this very podcast, Daphne Ashbrook, Uh, Dead Woman Laughing. uh, um, And it's a CD version of her autobiography. Uh, So let me just put a link to that one, since we've already... Uh, being able to uh, feature her voice on this call. Uh, that's from DoctorWhoNews.net. Uh, now, that's all the Doctor Who news. I haven't asked anybody else, but um, is anybody here who's got any Doctor Who news, Kyle? Um, I, I've already asked Mike before you joined us, but um, have you got any Doctor Who news? How is that being saved for uh, episode 74 of Discussing Who? Uh,
0: no, no, no. I would share it here. But I I think other than I think this is a universal news item, no matter what uh, Doctor Who podcast it is, everyone is ready for Christmas.
2: Ah, and talking about Christmas, uh, Mike says he's got a couple of items to just mention. Well, no news, anyway. Yeah, and
0: one quick
3: item, and that is part two of Torchwood new, new series, Series 5, uh, which is by, by Big Finish Productions. Uh part two, season five is being released early October, so here in a week or two. Torchwood Aliens Among Us. And if you haven't been listening to that, I recommend it. It's it's not only is it the official fifth season, it's feels like the first the first two series, which is good and i there's a certain character who's returning. I don't want to give spoilers, but Big Finish have already announced the casting, but uh can't wait to see this character return. I'll just say that.
2: Uh, I, I do remember. I think oh. you, you said something about the fact that um, uh, they asked um, permission. Could they go anywhere they wanted to with um, with this? Was was that the case? The, did they have to yeah. stick to canon yeah. or something?
3: And Russell T Davies said, "Do whatever you want, basically. Drive
0: it over a cliff."
2: <laughs> I do that every week Especially, on this you know podcast. What? Go on, go on, Kyle.
0: Speaking of Torchwood, I actually do have a uh, bit of Torchwood news, and I don't have the exact link, or I would um, share it, but I was actually reading this yesterday. Um, Titan Comics does uh, is the licensed comic uh, company for the BBC to do Doctor Who comics right now, and John Berryman is writing, along with his sister, a Torchwood comic, and uh, he has stated that he is creating a new character for the Torchwood comic, and the title character, or the 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 character's name that he's creating, is named Slayton, and it is a character that is created in uh, honor of Elizabeth Sladen.
2: Wow, that that's that's nice. Uh, Right, Torchwood really Comics, cool. John, yeah. John Barrowman's site I've got up here. I'll put that link in the room. I'm sure if it hasn't got the information, uh, it should be there Leadership. somewhere on the site. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'll ask the same class question to Clarence, because on discussing who, he's used to being asked questions.
1: <laughs> no, no, I don't have anything.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, um, let's get on. Um, uh, and again, I'm going to move us on uh, a little bit of a pace here. Um, I've got a, a few clips of these, but what I will do is I will truncate them. I will keep them them short. So um, I'm reading from the link that I put in the room for the guys here from the uh, Emmys Award page itself, uh, the 69th uh, Emmy Award nominees and winners. And we're just going to go through the first six Uh, categories there's an awful lot more categories children's categories and so on but um, I'm just going to uh, quickly mash up a few names so uh, here we go outstanding lead actor in a limited series R movie for 2017 uh, was uh, Hugh McGregor uh, in Fargo Jeffrey Rush as Albert Einstein in Genius Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock Holmes in um, Sherlock the Lying Detective from Masterpiece. Uh, John Teru- Terudo, I think that is, as John Stone in The Night Of. ritz um uh, as Nazir, Naz Khan in The Night Of. And Robert De Niro as Bernie Madoff in The Wizard of Lies. And the, the winning one was ritz Ahmed in the night of and here's a little short clip i'm going to cut it quite short
1: what am i not seeing
0: explain to me what i'm not understanding
3: it looks like i killed her i know that
2: that's how it looks, and I'll stop it there. And uh, of course, this is a guy who who goes out on a, a night, and whether drugs are involved or whatever, uh, ends up can't remembering anything and accused of some murder. And um, and then the story unfolds, and presumably with lots of twists and turns. Uh, by the way, I, I'm going to move on fairly quickly. So if anybody ha- has watched any of these series and wants to, say I must jump in on that one. Please do, and I will pause for a regulation five seconds now. Okay, outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie. Uh, the nominees were Felicity Hoffman uh, as Jeanette Hesby in American Crime, Nicole Kidman as uh, Celeste Woolwright in uh, Big Little Lies, Reese with the Spoon. Uh, In Big Little Lies, Carrie Coon in Fargo, Jessica Lange in Feud, Uh, Susan Sarandon, a very good cast, group, group of choices here, in Feud as well, and the winner was Nicole Kidman in Big Little Lies, so we'll play a little clip from that, and then I'll wait five seconds. And I'll stop it there. We we can only play a little clips of these, and I'll wait five seconds, and we'll move on. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series: uh, Donald Glover uh, as Earl Marks in Atlanta, uh, Zach with a big name after it in Baskets, uh, Anthony Anderson in Blackish, uh, as is Nasari in Master of None. William H. Mercy in *Shameless*—that's a UK one. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor in *Transplant*, and the uh, the award goes to uh, Donald Glover as Earl Marks in *Atlanta*. And this is on the FX uh, TV channel, I think. Yeah. With my breath. Mm. Oh, I love it. What is that? Curry.
1: <laughs> it's like a very deep curve. That is not, that's like some
0: freaky. Hey, yo, you heard that new Paperboy mixtape?
1: That's my cousin.
0: you going to want to get in there before he gets signed, man.
2: So, Zooty. You on was... in on, Paperboy. <laughs> what? No. Please. And that's by pause. Okay, so outstanding lead actor in a drama series. Bob. Odenkirk, yay, Coach Jimmy, in <laughs> Better Soul. Uh, Kevin Spacey, it's Francis Underwood, House of Cards, brilliant, uh, Leave Schreiber, I think, I can't, in Ray Donovan, sorry about messing the name up, uh, Matthew Reese uh, in The Americans, uh, Sterling K. Brown as uh, Randall Pearson in This Is Us, uh, Milo Ventamaglia, I think, in This Is Us. And Anthony Hopkins as Doctor Ford in Westworld. It was actually I think there was a bit of controversy that uh, well, um, some uh, Game of Thrones wasn't eligible, Stranger Things wasn't eligible. I think oh, it was eligible but didn't get anything. And Westworld, that was expected to get a lot of awards, didn't do very well. But um, the winner in this particular character uh, uh, category was um, Sterling K. Brown in This Is Us. Okay, I'm ready. Suits on? Yes, ma'am. Your birthday suits. Only one I've got.
0: <laughs> How could you possibly want me right now?
2: In any state, my wife, you arouse me.
0: I bet I can make that go away.
2: There's nothing you could say.
0: My water just broke. Yep. Yeah.
2: Six today. You don't look 36. Yeah. And that's actually the theme of the show. Uh, all the characters, disparate characters, all living their own little lives, uh, calamities and dramas, are all, I think, the same age. And um, uh, th- that's how the story links up. Five seconds. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series, uh, Pamela Aldolon, I think that is Sam Fox in Better Things Tracy Ellis Ross uh, as Rainbow Johnson in Blackish Lily Tomlin as Frankie Bernstein in Grace and Frankie Jane Fonda as Grace Hanson in Grace and Frankie Alison Janay as Bonnie in Mum uh, Ellie Calper Kel- as Kimmy Schmidt in The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Julia uh, Louis, uh, Louise Dreyfus, a uh, Selena Meyer in Veep. And the winner in this category was Veep, which apparently uh, I think this woman has won it about six times.
1: Well, this last year has been
2: fun, you know, really fun.
1: The, the loss hurt, but I did take this opportunity to um, reacquaint myself with an old friend of mine by the name of Selena Meyer. Over me. Congressman
0: Ryan, I want to let you know that I will destroy you in ways that are so
2: creative they will honor me for it at the Kennedy
0: Center. We are going to make
3: Buddy Calhoun the next governor of this dried coyote turn of a state. So saddle up those emphysema tanks, you
0: invent. And,
2: and that was a very difficult one. I had to, uh, there's about four, four, four letter words in that first clip. I had to try and, you know, five seconds. On your starters, no starters, just one last one to mention then. And we did mention this a little bit last uh, week, uh, the one that won, but this was Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series. Uh, Robin White as Claire Underwood, House of Cards. Oh, yeah. Uh, Viola Davis uh, as Annalise Keating in How to Get Away with Murder. Kerry Russell as Elizabeth Jennings in The Americans. Claire Foy as Queen Elizabeth II in The Crown. Uh, Co-starring, of course, uh, with uh, none other than the 11th Doctor himself, who plays her husband in that. Um, I much prefer Victoria, by the way, which is on tonight. episode um, six of eight, I think, the second series of Victoria, with Jenna Coleman in. Yay, go Jenna! Um, And... um, uh, I I must admit I prefer Victoria to um, the Crown, but never mind. Elizabeth Moss Moss in Offred, The Handmaid's Tale, and uh, even Rachel Wood as Delores in Westward, and yet again Westward lost out to The Handmaid's Tale. So here's a little clip of that. I had another name, but it's forbidden now. No,
1: please, please don't take it! You girls
3: will serve the leaders
0: and their barren wives.
3: We only wanted to make the world
1: better. Better? Better never means better for everyone.
2: And I'm going to stop it there. I haven't seen that. I have seen the film. It's a dystopian future where uh, women uh, are uh, employed, slaved into giving, being birth mothers, and um, as I say, it's a dystopian uh, future. So um, we got through all that without any comments. Um, anybody in retrospect want to make any comments about ones that lost out? Maybe uh, any uh, Westworld fans here are um, uh, any of the others that, that they had hoped may have gone away with an award? Mike, you any comment on it in any in any regard? And we'll move on. Not really, no. Okay,
3: Although I think. Although Bob Odenkirk was was nominated for Better Call Saul, if only the yeah. Q had been uh, nominated for for Chuck, I think he would have won. I hope he would have won because his 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 acting as Chuck McGill that was just amazing. That was amazing acting throughout, at least this this latest season alone.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and the the guy who plays Mike as well. Um, uh... He was brilliant. Jonathan Banks. Thank you, Jonathan Banks. Yeah. Okay, Kyle. Any comments about um, the Emmys at all?
0: Mm, no, not not for me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like Mike said. You know, they're they're. Um, I mean, they are what they are. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And uh, let's ask Clarence.
1: Um, I will say I'm surprised, but I guess it's not really surprised by the amount of digital only uh properties that are on here yeah yeah Uh, yeah, of course house of cards and even i guess the handmaid's tale uh, is on a digital only service uh but overall um i don't know i think i would like to see bob odenkirk win as well uh he's a favorite of mine along with kevin spacey in in uh, the house of cards uh but yeah yeah i mean also transparent on the list uh, of jeffrey tamar um yeah, a good, a good group of uh, nominees,
2: yeah. I, I'm surprised that nobody from Narcos uh, got nominated, and uh, and of course, as you say, um, Better Call Solar of course, is on, uh, on Netflix, so um, you, you're right, there, there's definitely a Swift, and of course, there, there are other other movie houses uh, in a non-traditional way now uh, coming in, and, and it's what Carl said uh, right early on, he, I, Difficult to prove that the guy's right, but he is right. Um, basically, and the clown said it there's so much stuff out there. We are living in a sort of a golden world. If you're prepared to not just stick with, you know, uh, free TV, you've got to, you've got to. Made it a little bit of commitment. I mean, at the moment, I'm I'm juggling between uh, Supergirl season two on Blu-ray, Flash uh, season three on Blu-ray, because they're on a digital service I don't get here in the UK, where I can watch things like um, uh, I Zombie, Narcos, and uh, um, Designated Survivor. I'm waiting to come back. That's been absolutely fantastic. But uh, and I'll mention this now at this juncture. I, I started watching last night. Watched six episodes straight. Uh, timeless. Um, what seems to be a reboot, a cross between, um, uh, I would say, Time Tunnel and um, uh, what else is a cross between uh, Quantum Leap. Um, I, I really enjoy it. And, um, so there's an awful lot. And then I'm still on traditional TV. I, I'm watching uh, Victoria. I'm got to start watching this uh, Electric Dreams. And of course. Uh, We've got this weekend coming up, Star Trek Discovery. Now, of all those, let me just um, uh, mention before we got started, there's actually the the um, the other uh, Star Trekian type of TV, uh, which is um, pastiche. A, um, <laughs> a uh, well, no, let's let's let's. It's called the Orville. Hey, have a seat. <laughs> I have good news. There's a ship available, the USS Orville. Ever since I was a kid, I have wanted to serve on an exploratory vessel. You're nobody's
0: first choice for this job, but we have 3,000 ships to staff and we need captains. Can I have one of these mints? Those are marbles. We're giving you one last chance. I just want to say I am thrilled to be your new captain. I want this to be an efficient ship but also one that you're glad to be serving on.
3: Lieutenant Commander
0: Bordas, your entire species is male, isn't it? That is correct, sir. Probably not a lot of arguments about leaving the toilet seat up and that kind of thing,
3: right? Marklins urinate only once per year. Really? That's... I mean, I'm, I'm up two, three times a night. <laughs> that is unfortunate.
1: It is.
2: Uh, the, the funny thing is, when I was uh, getting the clip for that, the, the alien that he's talking to, <laughs> and the makeup and the look of him... Seemed oddly familiar because the next clip I did was uh, Star Trek Discovery, and one of the aliens in that looked almost identical to my, uh, you know, uh, amateur eyes. Um, anybody wants comment on the Orville? I don't know where it's up to yes. in America. When it's started.
1: Yes, yes, I'll come in. I think we're up to see, uh, episode three. Wow. And um, yeah, I have to say I'm oddly surprised by the amount of money they're putting into this show. Um, of course, there's nothing just movie quality as far as the sets, but but they're putting a lot of money into the CG, and it looks really good. And this show is better than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a good way to put it. Yeah, it, it, it's, I mean, you go in with these low expectations. Oh, it's just a Star Trek uh parody ripoff type show, but it's actually kinda good. Uh <laughs> I haven't seen episode three, I saw episode one and two. But but um I think the jokes in the in the uh show are not as overbearing as I thought they would be. They're more subtle although although there are moments when they actually, you know, they go for the juggler and I'm like, oh well, you know, they have to do it. It's supposed to be a comedy of sorts. But I have to say, um, if especially in episode two, I thought episode two was really good, as in it put this junior officer, um, well, senior officer without command experience into the command role. And I thought it was really, really good. And, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's better than it should be. <laughs> what about you guys? Yeah,
0: I didn't expect – I mean, I'm kind of like you. I didn't expect – I, I well, I didn't expect it to almost be a. Uh, well, I'll say this: I've only seen the first episode, and the fact that you just said that the second episode was even better than the first. My first episode, the entire time I'm watching it, outside the graphics, outside of the you know the special effects, was I'm surprised that Paramount hasn't tried to stop this because. Other than missing all of the Star Trek emblems and their insignias and talking about, you know, the Star Trek lingo, it reminded me of just like a light uh, hearted Star Trek episode, not a comedy that's making fun, per se, of Star Trek.
2: Right. It was sort of. Yeah. So it wasn't a galaxy quest type of thing then.
1: Didn't feel like it to me. Yeah, to me, it was a little, the comedy was a little more muted than I thought it would be. Right, but it, it worked really, worked really well, and and we even see a Holodeck esque thing in there. So they, they are really ripping off everything they
2: can about Star Trek, and I have to say, it, it's it's surprisingly good. Right. Well, the the thing is, they may not have known when they were doing this that Star Trek Discovery was. Was on its way. I mean, uh, maybe they thought they'd have a clear field, and uh, uh, as a, as a parody, it may people are tuning because it's the only Star Trek they can see. Um, I I don't know. Um, Mike, any comments on this before we we, we go to the, uh, the the Discovery one itself? I
3: haven't haven't seen it yet. But uh, quick question: Has there either of these two episodes has the transporter been used or even shown? Hmm. Huh.
1: I don't believe so. I don't believe I heard, so.
3: Because I heard some talk about that, and some people were wondering: Does Paramount have too much of a sort of a copyright claim on that idea for them to even use that? That's just one thing I've heard. But uh, it, it looks like an intriguing show, if, 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 just if I can find the time to watch it. Looks, looks, looks amusing.
1: Right. Yeah, and uh, it. it, it as long as you go in with low expectations, <laughs> which I did, you know, um, I think you'll find it surprising. Yeah. yeah given quick. all that I know
3: about Seth MacFarlane being a Star Trek fan, he, he even had a, he, MacFarlane had a cameo in an episode of Star Trek Enterprise as some nameless crew member. And he had even had a couple of lines in the episode. But, yeah, look neat.
2: I, I'm, I'm reading here on the wiki page about it. It's um, Jonathan Frakes, one of the directors. Produced and Yeah,
1: yeah, that's correct.
2: Well, I mean uh he he's got the inside of knowledge of the <laughs> um yeah.
1: and, and you and you have have a few Star Trek alum actually on the show. I think Penny Gerald Johnson Gerald she was uh Cisco's love interest uh in DS9. She's actually the uh nurse on the show. And I wanna say Brent Spiner is the android's voice on the show. Ah, yeah.
2: Right. Well done. Yeah, well, that sounds... Uh, I can't see him named as the cast, but they're uh, recurring, isn't it? Uh Rachel McFarlane is the voice of the Orville computer, but that's not it. Hang on. Guest stars. Charlize Theron? Blimey, they've got... Uh, He's obviously well. I it's called in favours. They may have been calling him, saying, "Can we be on it?" Um, you know, a little bit like um, what The Simpsons, where where you get a fantastic because uh, Seth, well, Seth Seth Fallon's the Family Guy chap, isn't he? <laughs> isn't he? do after yeah, he's the creator of
3: Family Guy and um, uh, yeah, all those associated shows.
2: If you ever watch. Um, uh the uh you know the TV show in the the UK, um oh can't what's his name? Uh you know, the Friday night uh, question um uh, I don't know what's his name. It's uh, and you can see on YouTube all the clips of Seth MacFarlane being on uh oh what's the name of his show? Um now you see, I'm having a, a freeze here. Um Oh, it'll come to me. The, 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 you know, the uh, the, the t- chat show host on the UK on Friday nights. But uh, there we we'll go. Okay. Uh, Graham Norton. 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 Yeah. Graham Norton. That's it. Uh, there's some fantastic clips on YouTube uh, on the Graham Norton show. He's had people doing things, all sorts of people doing stuff. Anyway, let's go on to hear a little clip of uh, Star Trek Discovery. And, and uh, that, I believe, starts very soon indeed.
0: All life is born from chaos. The world doesn't always adhere to logic.
3: Sometimes down is up. And sometimes when you're lost, you're found.
0: The Klingon Empire has been in
1: disarray for generations.
2: We've encountered them.
3: We have been waiting for someone worthy of our attention.
2: I will stop it there. The abrupt stops because um, these clips are far too long. But um, uh, expectations, Mike, is it one you're going to watch this and catch?
3: Definitely planning on watching this one. Uh, see, the, the timeline placement is something that uh, through the show's production kept being switched around. At one point, on uh, at one point, I heard that it was set shortly after Star Trek VI: The, the Undiscovered Country. Then, I, then I heard it was set shortly before the uh, Kirk's time on the Enterprise. Then I heard it was shortly after, so sometime between it and the motion picture. But it was always around the time frame of the original series and from what i'm reading right now uh the star trek discovery set in the year 2255 with uh apparently the the cage the original pilot well i say original pilot of yeah. the original series it had two or three uh was set in 2254 so uh apparently when this is set the enterprise is out on its mission but being commanded by by christopher pike uh at this at this point not kirk um but the show itself it it looks good. I'm looking forward to seeing it. of course here in the States. Uh, it's the first episode is being aired on terrestrial television on CBS uh, with all subsequent episodes being released on CBS's digital, digital streaming service. their premium, they're all direct they're whatever, they're, whatever they're calling their premium service. The rest of the episodes are going to be made available there weekly. CBS all access, thank you. Uh, outside of the US it's being released on Netflix. So <laughs> there's there, so there's that difference. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's their first TV Star Trek series since Enterprise went off the air. This one is set in the Prime Universe as as they're calling it, not the Kelvin timeline of the Abrams movies. Um, of course, a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people complain about the set design and how oh, this is supposed to be set during the the time frame of the original series. It looks, but it looks far too technologically advanced to be the original series. Well, they can't. You can't realistically do that. That, that those sets and those props and those costume designs and be expect be expected to be taken seriously uh, nowadays. Uh, if you if they were to do that, it would. Parody or whatever wouldn't be. Well, I wouldn't see it as a serious show. A lot of people wouldn't see it as a serious show. But this one, I've heard some discussion that it, that it, the 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 main story of it involves a story element that's been mentioned once or twice in the history of Star Trek, but never really focused on. So there's that. It'll, it'll be a 15 episode run, and it's going to be completely serialized. So it, it's it'll be one ongoing story building up to some moment. What we don't know what, but the cast looks good. I can't wait to see this cast in action. Um, I'm, th- th- I've heard some mentions here and there of some connections to the original series. Like one of the characters is going to be Spock's stepsister or something. I think I heard that at Comic-Con, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con at their panel. Uh, they said they have an explanation for that. They're going to work that into the show and it's going to make sense. We'll see how that works. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. New, new Star Trek television series. Just uh, it's behind that CBS paywall. <laughs> whether or not you, whether or not you can, uh, whether or not you want to pay thirty dollars total for what's for it's going to be the fifteen episode run. It's ten dollars a month, CBS All Access, and it's going to be run over three months. So, is it worth? I don't know. We'll see. But hey, new Star Trek series.
2: Oh, excellent! And we are joined in the room. We did have a guest pop in, but. Um, Uh, Sister Cadence is that uh, we've been talking about the Emmy Awards we're now just talking about um, some of the TV series that we're expecting coming shortly we've just talked about the Orville the um, uh, opposite of Star Trek Discovery that we're now talking about Um, so welcome to the room and uh, we've been going about uh, an hour and a quarter by now so um, Kyle looking forward to it
0: well, I am actually looking forward to it, but I think I need to pass this buck on to Clarence because he's the showrunner of our uh, uh, Star Trek Discovery podcast. So, Clarence, I'm going to let you take this
1: one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think the one of the most interesting things about this is it being behind this CBS All Access paywall and you know, forming this partnership with Netflix. And what that has actually allowed is for a Star Trek with a Game of Thrones-esque budget. And and I think that idea in itself is very, very interesting. And from what we've seen so far, it looks fabulous. Um, You know, I've seen people bring out the pitchforks about this paywall already in the various Facebook groups I've been dipping in and out of to kind of gauge reactions. And yeah, people are not happy, <laughs> but but I feel it only what five ninety nine a month in the U.S. Because everywhere else you get it with Netflix, which I find strange, but okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's not that much, It's a cup of coffee a month. So um, I'll be that as it may, I'm really excited about it to see um, a Star Trek with a, a an awesome budget, and. You know, one of the things we talked about is does this being digital only allow for a bit of freedom that we haven't seen in Star Trek's past, uh, um, more risque type things that you don't really see on network television, Star Trek. And I don't know if I'm really on board with that or not. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what we get with the show. But yeah. Um, in any case, a very, very different Star Trek in a lot of aspects. Not-your-daddy Star Trek, quote-unquote. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just just really excited about it. Uh, Sadika Martin-Green of um, The Walking Dead fame. Uh, she was Sasha on Walking Dead. I'm really excited to see her step into this role. And, um, you know, seems like we're going to be following her character throughout the years and and through ranks to see where she actually ends up and i think they're going to break apart the season we're going to have half of it uh now and i think the other half at the beginning of the next year maybe and yeah i couldn't be more excited to see to see um star trek with a with a very big budget behind it
2: <laughs> Oh, all right, okay what about uh, you uh, well i, I- I am certainly looking forward to it indeed, and it does look lavish, certainly for a TV series. Um, uh, There's a, a little review here from uh, an Adam Tanswell in my, my sort of TV guide here, uh, and this is information I, I, I've only just now spotted, and it's not spoilerish, I don't think, but it, it does talk about the, uh, the way in which the, um, the storyline is set up. It says, Star Trek Discovery is different. It's a 15-hour story. So it appears as though it's one interlinked story. So um, of that, what you mean? I mean, you you said they may be jumping around in time zones, so it may be like a a TV series of The Godfather where, you know, um, well, they messed that up, didn't they? Because they put them all back in the right time order. Didn't like that for the original. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I take your point about the fact that it's not on... Uh, mainstream TV uh, ah, and Mike's just put in text that um, uh, the David Lynch The ret- the Return of Twin Peaks was basically an 18 hour movie so that's some of the things as well what they probably learned from these uh, things is that people binge drink um, just for our, our new caller that came in uh, I was talking earlier that I'm watching on Netflix Timeless, I found it last night started watching about half ten 4am I was watching the sixth episode Uh, I think there are 15 episodes so I watched 6 episodes continuously I bought um, a Blu-ray of uh, Supergirl 2 which uh, I can't get here uh, on the channels I have Uh, and it's a 4 disc Blu-ray set I'm already just coming up to the end of uh, disc 2 and I think there are 6 episodes, they're cramming 6 episodes on each disc of Blu-ray which gets me a little bit perturbed, there must be Three episodes per layer, two layers on a disc, um, and I only got that the previous weekend. Um, so th- there is great stuff here. I am looking forward to it. I will watch it. And um, let's let's move on. One of the other things that I I said um, that started here in the UK uh, and for our new member, I I am based here in the UK. Um, Electric dreams. Um, uh, this um based on uh uh Philip K Dick's stories so this looks to be um with the first one tonight um something really i don't know whether it will be available in the states or not um but even if you haven't heard of Philip K Dick you've seen his adaptation of one of his books blade runner A total recall or uh, maybe the man in the high castle um But he also wrote over 100 short stories. Ten have been filmed uh, into standalone dramas adapted by top British and American writers. Uh, The first story, The Maker," as a Game Game of Thrones Richard Madden alongside Holiday Granger, with whom he's previously worked. So that's another thing that I am uh, really excited about. I don't think I've got a clip of that, have I? Yes, I have. Let's have a look. Here we go. If sacrifice and love is not the ultimate test of what makes
0: someone human, then what is? We're
2: going on a trip. Stars shining bright sounds dangerous, it.
1: Yes, do your ears. Ring at night. <laughs>
3: Breezes seem to whisper, I dreamt you, I love you, deep in my
2: heart. And I think maybe you dreamt me too. Who's this, this Flies? It. It's not dream. supposed to be here. You me. Me! Uh, yeah, Brian Cranston's in uh, one of the episodes uh, from Breaking Bad. I mean, the star-studded uh, cast of people in the various ones and i'll just put um, a link into a radio times radio times is one of the uh, the main places where you find about tv programs yes it's called radio times because it came out about 70 years ago maybe even 80 years ago and of course started just listing what was on the radio the wireless whatever young people call such things nowadays uh, but um, that really looks uh, as though it's going to be uh, excellent to watch. So, we've covered an awful lot of ground. If you guys are uh, okay to stay with me, let's just do one more TV series. Um, but before I do that, I've got something that Kyle might be interested in because today oh, it, oh. It, it's the 10th anniversary of episode one, series one. Of oh, I Sarah know. Jane oh, I Adventures. Yeah. 13 Benjamin Road is where Sarah Jane Smith lives. And it's home to things way
3: beyond your imagination. There's an extraterrestrial supercomputer in the wall.
2: Her son, a genetically engineered boy genius, a schoolgirl investigator across the road. And a whole universe of adventure. Right here on the doorstep. Ready? Always. Yeah, do you want to just wax lyrical a minute about Sarah Jane?
0: Oh, I could. do. You know, we would be here until uh, this time next Sunday if you got me started uh, talking about Sarah Jane. I mean, literally. I I will say this, and I know I've said it on the other shows that we're on, and, um, you know, I've never said it on this one before, but I have still not been able to watch the last season of Sarah Jane Adventures simply because I want there to be something else out there with Elizabeth Sladen that I've not seen yet. Uh, And so that, you know, that's, you know, I know that's kind of, um, you know, kind of morbid a little bit, but, you know, it's just, I I don't know. I just can't, I haven't watched that last season simply because of that. But, 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 but let me, let me throw back to you, uh, Dave and I'm going I'd like to ask you a question. So if you look at Sarah Jane and we see you know that she was a companion that was back in the 70s that was you know brought back many times and even had her own show until her timely death in 2011 what do you think makes Sarah Jane for so many people such a and ultimate companion, because we were talking on our last Discussing Who when we were doing Brain of Morbius, um, we were talking about how the stories weren't always as meaty as they might have been, you know, in this generation of storytelling. So, so Dave, what, what do you think it was about Sarah that just endeared her to, to, to so many people?
2: Well, it's right there on that episode. There's an absolute pivotal scene uh, where Sarah is blinded. She doesn't know whether she's ever going to see again. And the doctor's in danger. And she's stumbling and fumbling to go to his assistance. I mean, it's fantastic. It's utterly moving. It's She's utterly convincing. Uh, 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 her heart is on her sleeve. Uh, it's so... She's so open, even even from the very first time I saw, uh, with the Third Doctor uh, pretending to be uh, her auntie, uh, and she sneaked away into the uh, the compound that they had the Third Doctor there. Um, was it the Time the Time Monster one? Where, time Warrior. Uh, time Warrior one, yeah. and uh, she's so absolutely delightful. I mean, she's got a absolutely pleasingly demeanour and face. I know that you can't I can't deny that, uh, but. Her, her, she is utterly sincere in her portrayal of an erstwhile reporter, a person who, uh, who, with every fibre of her body, uh, knows that frightened or not, she must, um, you know, stand at the doctor's side. Yeah, she can be a lovely foil in the genesis of the Dalek where the doctors have I the right speech, where he's holding two cables where he could delay the development of the Daleks for 10,000 years. Uh, and he's saying, "Can't have the right? And she says, surely, you know, you know what they're going to do and so on. Uh, and she is, she's is the personification of us, the audience. She's utterly marvellous. And uh, it was an utter delight to see her back in the episode um, School Reunion uh, when her <laughs> and Rosa uh, Loch this monster. You know, I can't beat that. Uh, right. Uh, 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 utterly delightful. Uh, uh, there have been other companions, but uh, she is my favourite alongside Zoe of the classics. series. I mean, I, I very much for Zoe uh, have, uh, uh, you know, she's perhaps got my slight preference as a character uh, because she wasn't of this world she wasn't of this time period and therefore there was that that extra dimension i felt with her she was um uh, she was an intellectual equal at least in mathematical uh computation and maybe even superior to the doctor on that uh and her her attitude with the the uh, the second Doctor is unsurpassed, along with Jamie, as uh, the three together. Uh, and and because Jeff may be listening, the seventh Doctor on Twitter, uh, I have to say, of course, I still do like the seventh Doctor uh, and Ace as a, a Doctor companion relationship. Uh, Ace brought a lot of that, you know, earnestness and almost over as, you know, the Nitro-9 was just one step too far for the doctor. But yeah, no, I loved Sergia And that uh, episode, uh, as I know, is Lee's favorite, uh, the Brain of Morbius. Her stumbling along to help the doctor, even though she was crippled herself. Absolutely. It, it's there on the screen.
0: So, so, so I've got to, I've got to say this, and I'm saying this for Clarence's benefit, you know, uh, and uh, one thing, we were talking earlier about uh, John Berriman paying homage to her with a comic book character named Slayton. Uh, Moffat has also did a, a, something similar in the sense of naming a companion, which uh, Elizabeth's middle name is Clara. So,
2: uh, Indeed. There and, you go. I, I, and uh, also, whoops. he paid homage to the brigadier by having his daughter yes. come back.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Steve, you'd
2: say Stephen Moffat did that, I suppose. Clarence, you can say something.
1: <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just mention real quick. Um, as far as is my interaction with Sarah Jane, it's, it's fairly new other than what we saw in New Who of her. And um, I mentioned this to Cal, them in our last podcast. You know, this, Meeting her for the first time in this episode, I don't know if I've, I got the gravity of, of how they feel about the character, but I'm definitely interested in going back and watching some earlier um, episodes and seeing, you know, what it is about this character that, um, that makes them love her so much, and, and I think you did a good job of explaining uh, one of the few things that you like about her, so um, I definitely want to know more about her, and yeah, uh, as I dive more into classic Who.
2: Yeah, um yeah just there's not an insincere bone in her portrayal of an erstwhile uh, companion uh, uh utterly convincing and um yeah wonderful okay um uh, unless Mike wants to add anything to that I'll give him a few seconds. Okay, move on to uh, the last TV one I want to mention, and then we may have to bring it to a a close because I've imposed on these guys quite a long time. But I do want to mention a couple of movies that are coming up. But um, maybe we won't talk about this a lot, but for a lot of fans here in the UK, a classic science fiction serial is coming back. And that's Red Dwarf Series 12. OK, starting her up. Here we
0: go! Crew check. Dave Vister. Triton,
2: Cat. Arnold J. Rimmer. We're the posse. Boys from the Dwarf. I name this gas moon. Rimmer to Rimmer so full of gas the brand new series of red dwarf coming soon only on dave and as you can get from that point it is for those who have not yet recognized it it is um funny out there and uh, very uh, unreferential oh, i don't know mike's the english guy he'll probably correct me on that but uh very very funny indeed certainly got quite a bit of bad taste in it uh, but there's some really good science fiction uh, episodes in the past uh, they had one called backwards where they landed on a planet where everything happened backwards they they stepped through a photograph into another world uh, lots of things they were even at uh, the, uh, the 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 grassy knoll uh, at the time of a certain assassination they've done everything on the red dwarf and that has come back um I don't know whether you guys are aware of uh, red dwarf Kyle are you? oh absolutely yes okay well uh, nobody else I don't think I think time pressure is probably moving us on uh, one so, quick comment yeah please and
3: that's well uh, for one thing I'm glad that red dwarf has never gone back to earth. <clears throat> But that out of the way, uh, there was a casting announcement for the new season of Bread Dwarf. Norman Lovett is returning for at least one episode, reprising his character of Holly. Ah! That has been confirmed through official casting. So there you go. I'm looking forward to that.
2: OK, well, um, I I think I, I don't think we should really play any clips at the moment. Let's just very quickly take a little bit of a time to talk about um, some of the films um that um maybe people are looking forward to because we've talked about some of these science fiction that we're looking forward to i'm just going to read very quickly and i'll put the box office mojo link in the room um I, at this stage i don't want to really play any clips because that would emphasize one over another but let me just read uh the names of some of the the, the big Films at the moment, um, some not necessarily out here in the UK. This Kingsman, the Golden Circle, the second part of that. It, the um, the return of the horror character, the clown. Uh, the Lego, what's was that? I don't know what that is. American Assassin, Mother, Home Again, Friend Request, Stronger, stronger. The Hitman's Bodyguard, uh, Spider-Man The Homecoming, Despicable Me 3, uh, Dunkirk's been... Some of these movies may have already passed in the uh, Americas, but they're only just coming to the UK. Uh, War for the Planet of Apes. But a coming... Oh, Beauty and the Beast, Wonder Woman, Gardens of the Galaxy 2, uh, Logan. Again, this is the British one, which a little bit uh, behind you in the States. The Fate of the Furious. And... Um, And they've got some other films upcoming. Um, Films coming up in October. Let me have a look. Um, Give you time to think about this, guys. Um, Where's it gone? No, I can't find the link. Oh, yes, it's the Blade Runner. uh, Blade Runner 2049 is coming. Tomb Tomb Raider 2. Uh, there's a new Wonder Woman film that's getting the same female director coming out. Let me just ask it as a general question. Uh, Mike, do you get to the movies and and what are you looking forward to coming out? Uh, What have you recently seen?
3: Don't often go to the movies. I think the last last movie I went to see in theatre was Spider-Man Homecoming, which I really enjoyed. And the next movie I plan on going to the theatre to see is Star Wars The Last Jedi coming up here in December. So that, and uh, one of the movies you mentioned there was It, I've heard. I don't know how, how well known this is, but apparently that's just part one of two. There's a st- part two coming up soon, coming up next year or whenever they release it. Right. Yeah, Star Wars The Last Jedi is the next movie I'm looking forward to.
2: I saw the clip of it, and it started off with a red balloon, and it made me think of uh, Human Nature Family, a blood from Doctor Who, the little girl with the balloon. But there you go. <laughs> uh, Kyle, seeing, going to see, looking forward to hope to see?
0: Uh, looking forward to seeing Thor Ragnarok. Looking forward to seeing that. Um, looking forward to see what I hope is a very good Justice League minus Zack Snyder um movie no more bo- don't of Boredom. just you know had to say that um and of course star wars so that's that's the next three on my list
2: any, any to recommend you've just seen in the last month or so uh
0: not in the last month but if you haven't seen wonder woman go see wonder woman
2: i'm thinking and spider-man
0: was good too homecoming spider-man homecoming was good
2: uh, i'm thinking i'm still debating i've got a 4k tv and I'm debating whether to go for the Ultra HD player, which are coming down in price now. <laughs> and I think the Wonder Woman movie may be the movie that. that uh, <laughs> I'm also. Uh, the other one, did I mention it? The, the, the Tomb Raider with the. Uh, Alex- I can't pronounce her name, Vic Lander. But she's a fantastic actress. Uh, already been some controversy about the post for that. Uh, and with the any. Um, any ladies present, or any ladies uh, listening, please apologise. It's not my expression, but apparently somebody said that the the uh, the department for advertising said we must have a picture of her where you can see a face and you can see her rear end, her bottom. So they put oh. her in a rather <laughs> they put her in a rather ungainly move where it looks as though they've CGI'd her, her neck in a twist to make sure. Basically, it looks as though they've done a side-on view of her. And a different view, and CGI'd them together because that's what they wanted. Wow. On the uh, if you see, just look for a the latest poster of uh, Tomb Raider, and it looks very ungainly and it doesn't do her any favor. But in uh, uh, the Danish girl, she was fantastic, uh, and of course, she's played a robot, um, just recently in a film, and uh, she's been in uh, lots of lots of. Uh, Vic Lander, I can't pronounce her full name. So, uh, anyway, Clarence, what are you seen? or looking forward to?
1: Yes, recently saw It, um, Pennywise in All Its Glory. Um, not really a fan of the old movie, even I can't even remember it even, but um, I really enjoyed this one. They are definitely going after that Stranger Things 80s vibe in the movie, and it also ran a bit long. To me so, um, uh, and actually have one of the kids from Stranger Things in the movie, uh, but I thought it was okay, not great. If you're an it fan, I definitely say go and see it, but uh, it ran a bit too long for me, but I do say it was, it was okay, not not great in, in any aspect. Um, uh, other than that, I'm excited about all the movies that were mentioned already, uh, mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok, uh, of course, um, uh, Justice League, and definitely, definitely, definitely. The, the last Jedi is gonna be great um I'm teeming with excitement for that movie, and um yeah, yeah, other than that, um yeah just it's it's been a lot of good movies. I just haven't been able to get out to see that action on my shame list that I have to <laughs> go back and try to watch and, and many of them are out on dVD now, so so yeah, I definitely need to um catch up,
2: okay, and Sister Candice has put in uh, I know I'm late, but I just saw Wonder Woman. I don't think I'll see it. No, I'm, I'm not really a horror fan, but uh, Wonder Woman, yes, definitely. A um, couple of other things, uh, very quickly, because we really need to wrap up now, and that is there's a lot of excitement coming out here, not for a film, but um, uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen starring together in Good Omens, Um cult comedy novel by Neil Gaiman and the late Terry Pratchett. I'll put a link in the room to that. So, uh, and finally, uh, The Doctor's Gone Ginger. Yes, uh, David Tennant's wearing, sporting ginger hair in this. And if you want to see the range of... Uh, Clarence, I don't think you've seen it. Did you ever... Oh, you must have watched it. I'm sure you've talked about it. Um, Jessica Jones, where in the first series, David Tennant plays the purple man, or whatever you want to call him. I oh, yeah. thought that was yeah. absolutely Killgrave. my... Kilgrave, yeah. yeah. Absolutely But famous. I feel great. And I agree. By the way, I listened to your thing about um, your assessment, Clarence, in particular about um, uh, Iron Fist. Sorry, soap party. We're just about wrapping up. Um, the um, the, um, the Iron Fist being the weakest of the group, um, but the and the defenders. I mean, the whole point about this guy is he's supposed to spend all this time. Um, learning how <laughs> yeah. to, to control his chi and be a quiet Chan Kane type of, you know, at peace with himself character. And I suppose the only reason they have to have him like that is cost of special effects. Because if, if he was completely at ease and his chi was in balance, a chi in balance, he'd be able to summon his iron fist every time and then they'd have to CGI his iron yeah. fist every time. But it does make for an ill fitting and. Uh, the most flawed of the kind I mean you could argue Jessica Jones is a bit flawed she only drinks whiskey she doesn't ever eat um, <laughs> but uh, and Luke Cage I love Luke Cage and Daredevil fantastic I love all the title sequences for those but anyway I'm digressing I'm going to ask for a final comment for everybody and then hopefully I'm going to be able to hit the record button a little bit more successfully than I did the start button so Mike a- any final thoughts and we'll wrap up with your comments and each person in the room
3: just looking forward to to seeing where star trek discovery goes and uh of course later this year uh, the the new star wars and seeing how peter peter capaldi's time in doctor who wraps up on doctor who
2: thank you very much kyle uh yeah
0: i'll i'll um you know restate just hear me saying the same thing mike just said but i'll also add that um i've had a lot of fun this is actually the first uh cult them that i can remember that i've been able to actually stay on the entire time so this Woo-hoo! is a first for me
2: yeah, so great. yeah excellent and what a contribution you've made as well and clarence too clarence
1: yeah uh, re- re- reiterate what Kyle just said thanks for having us on and i'm uh, glad to join and if you want to see me and Cal talk about comics, which we do from time to time, we have a YouTube channel. That's at youtube.discussingwho.com. And you can see our beautiful faces on the camera talking comics. I won't go so. that far, but you can hear us <laughs> talking.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've watched a couple of those. Yeah, well done, Absolutely. Thanks. Well, let me thank uh, Lee, shown as Dragon Lord in the room. Uh, we've got... To, sorry, Soap Party, but we are just uh, wrapping up now. Sister Ke- uh, Candice. Um, and uh, what I'm going to do is uh, say that we will be back. We're still on the monthly shows at the moment, which was why I was so out practice right at the beginning. So we're back for episode 334 uh, October. We're doing these the last Sunday in the month. So that will uh, be... Uh, Right at the end of October, oh, I haven't put the date, but it's it's right at the end of October. And just for those people not in uh, the U.S. of A, uh, here in the U.K., we will be coming off British summertime that weekend. So instead of 7 p.m., the start time for the people in the U.K., it will be 6 p.m. I do believe that in America, you don't go off daylight day, saving time until the first Sunday in November. So we have that one week where things are slightly out of kilter. But uh, talking about kilters, Ian is not wearing a kilter when he's out with his son today, but uh, he will hopefully be back with us next month, although I do know he's being a lovey. He's back to his uh, doing a play. And if it's anybody out there listening, uh, he's looking for a mandolin. They need it as one of their stage props. So if you're a friend of Ian Bissett on Facebook and you have access to and live within parcel delivery space of uh, Florida Uh, he'd like you to contact him on Facebook I don't think he's as yet acquired an eight stringed mandolin so there you go thanks everybody Thanks. Uh, I will search for the outro and then hopefully we will have a recording uh, because uh, David uh, made a little bit of a mistake I was just showing these guys how it shouldn't be done that was all Thanks, everyone.
1: Bye for now. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?